This is Mike Bartolomeo, pastor of Church for the Harvest in Alexandria, Minnesota. The Bible is the Word of God. Within its pages are revealed God's perfect will and plan for mankind, the answers to life's hardest questions, and instructions on how to live a victorious Christian life. I believe the following message can change your life if you will let it. Join us now as we share the Word of God today. play our theme song here. Uh, let's sing, sing along. I don't have the bouncing white ball with this, but we can all do this for the new creation. Come on, turn it up. Thank you. throwback from the 1970s and uh, I just want to talk to you a little bit about the new creation the new creation uh, 2nd Corinthians 517 is our text and I'm just going to talk to you briefly very briefly here this morning and we're going to receive communion about messy places and we've kind of ended last week we talked about under construction and those of you who are here I, I used some illustration of some tools and a little project that my wife and I that's actually turning into a bigger project are doing uh, a demo and and just breaking out those tools and 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 don't tell my wife but purchasing new tools amen <clears throat> so all the men yes and some ladies do so yeah you got to have the right tools for the job right amen but uh, but just just that whole dynamic and 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 that there are things in our life that we're still under construction i just kind of want to kind of end a little bit with that our text is second corinthians 5:17 therefore if anyone is in christ he is a new creation the old has passed away and see the new has come one translation says the old life is gone and the new life has begun a lot of churches name their churches New Life. And that's what they title it off of because of the new life. So as a believer, follow with me here. As a believer, when you come to Christ and you authentically, you are born again, you surrendered your life, Christ comes within you and begins that transformation, immediate transformation of your spirit being recreated. We're going to talk about that, Lord willing, next week, the difference between the, the new creation and, and, and the old and, and what God does in our spirit, man and woman. But but. But the moment that happens, we're born again, we're, we're made new in, into Christ. His spirit comes and lives within us. But that doesn't mean all your problems go away. <laughs> that there's some things that you have to deal with and work out with your flesh. Because if that was the case, the moment you were saved and they water baptized you, they just hold you under the water and kill you and go to heaven. Because there's no purpose, but, but you're still here. So that means there's a purpose even in the suffering. Come on now. A purpose, even in the difficulty. There's something, as we look in the future, what God has in eternity, and we use the illustration that our life here on earth, 70, 80, 90 years, or whatever it is, some 100, uh, uh, is really just a, 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 just a vapor. Isn't that right? And if you think of it in, in light of 10 billion years, a trillion years, you know, there's no time in eternity in, in heaven. It's endless. 
And so they're outside of time. And so, so it just behooves us that, that we learn and become all that God wants us in this training camp called earth. Amen? We're in training ground. You got to look at it. That you're training to reign with the king. Someone, you know, you hear stories of people that they've died and gone back. Actually, there's many, many. I did a series on heaven and, and, and uh, just, just how many that have gone and they've resuscitated and come back and, and uh, uh, talk about the beauty and those that experienced heaven, some that experienced hell and come back. And I mean, it's just amazing. And, 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 but someone mentioned one time, I remember I read that there's classrooms in heaven. Oh, yeah, you know where I'm going with that. It's classrooms. So what you don't learn on earth, you got to go to the classroom. And listen, let's pass the test now. Amen? I just, you know, eternally in school doesn't sound like a fun thing to me, right? Amen. So, so last week we talked about being under construction. We, we talked about that God is our architect. He's our builder, the most high God. And he has designed a specific plan for your life. You say, well, I don't believe that. You know, here's the thing when we talk about with life, uh, uh, life connection and, we, and, and babies in, in the womb, and every fingerprint is unique. And we keep having more babies. And someone is not going to pop up after 7 billion that's alive now. We're not talking from the beginning of time of creation, uh, how many billions, 10, 12 billion total. That's all different. What does it say about our God? It brings it down to the core of you matter. Sometimes when I'm in busy places with my wife and we walk around and there's so many people, especially airports, and they're really busy and you're tired and you look around. And sometimes I look at my wife and I go, does God really love everybody? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because some people, you know, they, but he does. He loves everyone. It blows my mind, blows my mind. But God is our architect. He's our builder. He designed us for, I believe, a specific plan for our life. And what I mean by that, by specific, and it's not that you only can do one thing. How many of you know that we may be gifted in an area, but you can do many things with that gift? Okay? So don't you feel like this is it. It's my lot in life. This is all I have to do. Amen? I mean, as a pastor here as a church, I don't really even feel that my main call is just as only as a pastor. I see it more as an apostolic leader and prophetic. I, I, I see it, uh, missions is a major component in that, that the weird affect nations. And I, I find it just very interesting now that, that what's happened to an island that is so, really, it's, the, it's a very small island. Uh, Sri Lanka is on the national stage. Okay, and we've been going there for 15 years doing ministry. And it's just interesting how God is moving. And from a little place called Alexandria, your dollars, your giving, your prayers has affected that nation. Now it's on a national spotlight. Amen? And so God, I believe he designed us for a specific plan, but that's multifaceted in, in that plan. And we said this last week, that the good news is that the messy places can't stop your destiny if you don't let it. If you don't let it. You know, we were listening to the 33 series here this morning, and they're finishing on the four faces of manhood for men. And uh, they talk, talked about uh, how these guys had a 20-year commitment in this group that these guys got together. I don't know how many were in the group. And for 20 years, they've been getting together as men, and many of them gone through adulterous situations. You could, I mean, divorced, uh, financial, gone to prison. And the help of these other brothers that walked them through that, they're alive today in serving the Lord because of others. 
and because of, uh, of that connection. The messy places can't stop your destiny if you don't let them. If you isolate yourself, the enemy, that is his, his grounds for, for defeat. It's his grounds for defeat. I don't know how else to say it. You separate yourself from church and the people of God. The enemy lies to you, tells you, no, you're not a new creation. You're a mess. You know what? You're arguing with your husband. You're not over this thing. You can't get over this situation, whatever it is. And the enemy uses that to cause us like Adam and Eve to hide. Amen. And where's the first place we leave? A lot of times they just, they leave church. They leave church. You know, there's a trend in churches that... They've been monitoring, and the pastors are noticing this, like our membership isn't declining, but we have less and less people. Because Christians, which is just, I don't understand this, are going to church less and less. Why is that? It's busy schedules. It's life that pulls you here and there. The sun is out, woo, you know. It's, you know, the sun will be out tomorrow too, maybe, amen? It may rain. How many here with me, amen? The Bible says we should be more aggressive as the day approaches and gets closer and closer. And that's not just a let's build my church type of a teaching there, but no, the truth of the matter is, is we need each other. And we don't want to be, you know, out alone. Lone rangers, they get knocked off easy. They get, they get cut off. And so that's not what God has called us to. Can you say amen? And we kind of illustrated with Abraham and Sarah, and despite all of their wrong choices, we talked about this last week, their dysfunction, even at the age of 90, um, God caused Sarah to conceive and give birth to Isaac, the promised child. And what am I saying? And we kind of summed up with this last week. If Abraham and Sarah saw their promise come to pass after all that mess, what makes you think that God is not going to bring to pass what he's promised to you and I? Can you say Amen. See, when God brings you to completion, when he delivers you from the addiction, when he turns your family around, he's not going to remember your weaknesses. Let's say that again. He's not going to remember your weaknesses. He's not going to bring up your past mistakes and your failures. If you have your Bibles or whatever, your app, you can pull it up to a Bible app or whatever, Hebrews chapter 11. I'm just going to paraphrase for the sake of time here because we're going to receive communion. Uh, but, but if you look through that chapter, reading the whole chapter, a lot of times it says this, by faith, and it lists somebody, right? And it goes through, and it says this. It said, by faith, Noah. How many know that Noah, he built the ark, and he saved, you know, the eight and his family? How many remember that? That's a true story. We believe that. But, but, but Noah was also the one that went out, planted a vineyard, and got drunk. But doesn't say that Noah the drunk. What does it say? By faith, Noah built an ark. Come on now. These guys are dead and gone. So God's writing here. Okay, this is his word. And it says, by faith, Abraham. We just talked about that last week. Abraham had all this family drama going on. All these, you know, if it was social media posts back then, it would have been off the charts. It was going on. Sarah did what? She said what? Abraham. They would have been nuts. But it says, by faith, Abraham, who went up. With Isaac. And then it goes on. It says, by faith, Jacob. We know Jacob, you know, uh, turned to Israel. But, but he was a trickster. He was conniving. Okay, it doesn't say anything about that in there. Oh, here's one. By faith, Moses, the deliverer. But Moses was a murderer. He murdered an Egyptian. Now, these are not excuses for sins. But what we're trying to say is here that God doesn't remember our weaknesses as we continue on with him. He doesn't write that down on your behalf. Uh, I thought someone would get excited about that, but maybe not. Uh, uh, by faith, Samson, he was with prostitutes. 
He actually at the end had the strength and prayed and committed suicide. He was killed in that. And more Philistines were killed. You think, what? I don't understand all that. But it just lists him as a man of faith. Wow. By faith, David. David was a murderer, had someone murdered, and he was an adulterer. And the Bible says, not because of that, but says David was a man after God's own heart. What am I trying to say? These are not excuses that we don't deal with our issues and allow the Holy Spirit to heal us and deliver us and clean us up. Amen? These are to say that God doesn't keep you there. He wants to propel you forward and, and further with him. Amen? As you grow in Christ Jesus. None of their sins are listed in that chapter, only the exploits they did for the king. Amen. So what am I saying? <clears throat> Second Corinthians 5. So let's see. I'm jumping here. Uh, let's see if I got the right. <clears throat> God knows when we're under construction, we all have messy places. We all make mistakes. We all have things to overcome. But that, if you don't let it, is not going to keep you from becoming a masterpiece. It's only temporary. Come on. Somebody shout, it's only Temporary. We see this with Peter. I really can relate to Peter, one of Jesus' disciples. He, he was hot-tempered. He spoke before he thought. That's dangerous in what I'm called to do. <laughs> I got to think, so I have to step back. He used bad language. One of the time he got angry, he cut off a soldier's ear, pulled out a sword. One moment he was defending Jesus, a man of great courage. Another moment he was denying Jesus, swearing to the authorities that I don't even know the guy. This is this Peter. People could have looked at him and said, Peter, you're a mess. You've got issues in your life. And they would have been right. They would have been accurate about that. But God looked at him and said, Peter, you're under construction still. You're not done. You're not finished yet. Amen? See, the difference between how people saw him and how God saw him is God had the plans. Amen? God could see what was going, he was going to become. See, people, they just look at our flaws his hot temper, his instability, and they point fingers at that, and they may do that to you in your own life. But he, this is why it's so important that, ready? We don't judge people. <laughs> Amen? Some of us have a default judge button. You know, just, ain't God tell you what about them. Come on. It may be difficult at times, but you know what? We shouldn't write anybody off. Because why? we can't see the plans that God has for them. I'll give you an example of this. I was in Christ of the Nations, and we got in as a met Rhonda at that time back in the 80s, and, and it was in some, some of the leadership there down there in the Bible school through street evangelism and downtown streets and, and stuff through the summer. And, and there was a kid that kept kind of the, got, got a, part, a part of one of the ministries, and, but he was just, I don't know how else to say it, he was a sloth. He show up, he's disheveled, you know what I mean? And he's just not, are you ready for this? Are you have to go out in the streets? And it was just, his life was just a mess. And on top of all that, which was sad, he wasn't able to finish schooling. <clears throat> he wasn't attentive. He would sleep in. And, you know, because at the time we had a clock in with the little, you know, come in before 8 o'clock and you have chapel time. And he just, it just was, he just quit. He just quit. Well, another, the next year later, my second year, I just kind of rid him off as like, eh, He's a dud. You know, it's just, it's just failed. Crash and burn, you know, going nowhere. Well, I show up, and I'm going through the, the, the food line, 
at uh, uh, lunch one time on a Sunday and there was some special celebration for something that the school was hosting and all the previous students could come and if you attended and it was just something they're celebrating and he was there and I'm like, oh, hey, how's it going? He goes, God is good, brother. He began to tell me, we went back, he got plugged into his church, he started serving, he got his act together, God got him a wife and he's part of a ministry that helps feed the homeless out on and out in his church. I went, you're kidding. What? Well, I'm walking down the line. I'm like, yeah. And it was just like, I didn't see that God had that in his future. Come on now. And so I kind of written him off. And some of you, you feel like you've been written off. And some of you may have been told you'd be written off. Like after I graduated from Bible school, um, I went to work back with my father to help him. He was, he was sick at that time. And and um, just, just just help him with the dry cleaning industry. That's where he grew up in Boston, in, in New England. And he had a, a number of dry stores and a plant. And I worked in the plant with the family. And and I just remember just coming back from Bible school excited and thinking, what's the next step? And graduated. And, and, and I remember just sharing. Some of you have heard this story before. But I just began to share. I was like, I don't know, Dad, but, but maybe I could be in ministry someday. I, I feel a ministry call, and I don't know, and, 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 and maybe God's called me to that, and I'd like to see the lost saved, and his first words out of his mouth were, you'll never do that. That was his first words. I just kind of looked at him like, why? Well, he tried to start something and, in a sense, disqualified himself, but never rose above that. Never rose above that. And what I'm trying to say here today, my brothers and sisters, that you can rise above it, but only through Christ Jesus. Amen? You can rise above it, but only through Christ Jesus. God knows that we are under construction. Amen? So I don't want to write off people. People that make mistakes, they have weaknesses. Sometimes we think, you know, they're never going to get it together. God is still working on them. God is still working on them. Amen? Here's the thing. I love the fact that Jesus chose Peter, even though he knew he was hot-tempered. He knew that Peter was impatient. He knew that Peter used bad language. Jesus didn't choose Peter because he was perfect. Watch this. Jesus chose him because Jesus had the blueprint of his life. And God has the blueprint of your life, not man. Amen? Hallelujah. God knew he wasn't, he wasn't finished yet. He wasn't a finished product. But Peter ended up, watch this, becoming one of the most influential, respected leaders in the New Testament. What am I trying to say? I'm going to receive communion now. Where you are now, excuse me, where you are now is not necessarily important. It's where you're going with God. The past is the past. People will hold on to the past and not let you free from that. But you have to break free from that. And the only way you can do that is understanding who you are in Christ Jesus. And not live under the fear of men. Many of you live under the fear of man. The whole life thing, if you can write on your forehead, is this. F-E-A-R. You're concerned about what people's opinions are of you. Social media posts on you. What they say about you. Listen, if I listened and operate in fear, I wouldn't be here today. But I'm not going to let that, what people say, their opinions, call us this, call us that. I'm not going to allow that. Why? Because they don't have my blueprint. God does. God has your blueprint. Amen? In that mess, even though I'm going to make mistakes, I'm going to apologize, say I'm sorry, I'm not perfect. All right? It doesn't disqualify you if you keep moving forward with God. 
you know, maybe you write on my tombstone, if you fall, fall forward. Amen, you gain six foot one inch. I went to the doctor and they said, you're six foot one inch. I said, thank you. <laughs> Kids don't believe that. They think I'm shrinking. I was standing a little bit up on the wire. <laughs> Stand with me if you would, please. We want to conclude here and just thank you for your attentiveness and ushers, you come forward. We're going to receive communion. Messy places. Messy places of our life. We all have messy places. The mess just means you're under construction. It's under construction. It's beautiful when you see the finished product. Uh, number of you have been over to the help, uh, our, our house to help us, and we're so grateful. And, and Sean Ward has been over, a great contractor, and just so appreciated. It's just a blessing. And he just says, you know what? There's so much in construction. There are illustrations for life. There really is. There's so much. There's so, so many spiritual truths of that. And uh, we were just able just to finish part of the kitchen and the living room floor. I mean, like, like tearing out three-quarter inch chung and groove 75-year-old flooring. That's a vitamin I, ibuprofen, okay, vitamin I. And then you get the new subfloor down. When it's down, it's like, yes, it's a wonderful finished product. But it was a mess at times. It was backbreaking at times. It was painful at times. We were in the mass coughing and sweating and just junk everywhere. But when it's done, it's, that's our God. He's working to completion. I said he's working to completion in your life. The messy places don't disqualify you. They're just messy. Don't allow the enemy to lie to you to get you out of the race. Every head bowed, please. You're here this morning and say, Pastor, I've... I've just allowed this condemnation. I've allowed this, this broken record in my soul that tells me I, I see someone up on the stage and they share and, or I see these people serving and I just can't get involved and I have nothing to contribute. That's a lie of the enemy. You have a gift. You have a gift. And we're starving as a church for the multiplicity of gifts that are just sitting idle. And God is saying, I want you to step into your gift. Every single one of you has something to contribute. Everyone. Don't walk around and go, well, that looks like it's taken care of. It's a well-oiled machine there at Harvest. You know what? We need a lot more turning parts, especially we move in our new facility church. God is going to increase this congregation. I said, God's going to increase it just by default. He's going to increase it because he's building us. He's taken 20 years (laughs) to bring us to this point. I, I really believe we're ready. We are ready. We are ready, but we got to be ready for the harvest. That means some of you now need to step up to the plate in leadership. You've been kind of maybe hanging in the shadows and kind of wondering, how can I serve? How can I? Well, they don't really need me. We need you. Every head bowed. You hear this morning and say, Pastor, I just feel disconnected, not connected to. I've allowed the messy places in my life to sidetrack me. I guess that's the word here today. That God is want to get to you in your heart saying, that's not me. That is not me. That's the beauty of repentance, forgiveness, cleansing, washing, purifying. Don't hold the past against you. We are therefore now new creations in Christ Jesus. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are becoming new. You say, Pastor, that's me. Pray for me. I'd like us to pray corporately for you. You feel you've just slid back. You're just out of sync. And you want to get back right with God. 
Let's pray together. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, come into my life. Save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Jesus, I give you my life. Now take it. Jesus, show me where I'm to serve. Jesus, show me where I'm able to give. Jesus, I give you my life. Now take it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Thank you for joining us today in the ministry of God's Word. My prayer today is that you will experience a new revelation of who Christ is in you. Feel free to make as many copies of this message as you like. For more information about Church for the Harvest scheduled ministry times and meeting place, please visit us at churchfortheharvest.com or contact the church office at 320-759-1400. At Church for the Harvest, you belong.